Welcome all to the MPO Sports Podcast, Season 1, Episode 1. I'm Tim. I'll be taking care of uh, business as a host tonight. And I'll be joined by our experts in Aaron and Jeremy. Well, when I say experts, know a bit more than myself about the NFL. And we are going to be discussing NFL, of course, because I've just let the cat out of the bag. Now, we'll throw over to Aaron, who will be starting the rundown on the top 10 picks of the current draft. Over to you, Aaron. Thanks, Tim. G'day, listeners. Yeah, just going to do a quick rundown of the um, top 10 of the NFL draft. So, pick one, the Bengals took Joe Burrows, quarterback from LSU. Pick two, Redskins took Chase Young, defensive end from Ohio State. Pick three, Detroit Lions took Jeffrey Okuda, cornerback from Ohio State. I don't think there was too many surprises with those three picks. Jeremy, it pretty much went straight to put all to plan as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, with those top they, were, they were the prospectus uh, top, uh, top three picks in any direction, I would have thought. And I think I think Burrow was a bit a bit of a no-brainer. I mean, he's from Ohio. Um, he had all the hype about him, and the Bengals had number one pick. So I think all the stars aligned there for him. Yeah, definitely. He um, had a record-breaking season. Some pundits think it was um, probably the best ever college season by a player. So the um, Bengals have been a mess for a while. So it was a no-brainer for them, really. Yeah, and. Uh, and those other two teams, well, they basically just pretty much need everything. So I think they just got the best player available. There, there isn't much. There isn't much those two teams don't need to get better. So uh, uh, getting getting the getting a defensive line and uh, getting a good corner is a good start. Yeah, definitely, it's going to help them in the long run. And they're both pretty much locked in for the next couple of years with quarterbacks anyway. Um, just an interesting fact about the top three as well. Um, so Chase Young and Jeff Akuda got drafted from Ohio State, but um, Joe Burrows actually started his college career there, but um, transferred over to LSU when it was obvious to him that Dwayne Haskins was going to get the um, starting quarterback gig. Well, it's ended up pretty good for him. I mean, he played the, played the national championship game last year, one thing. So Yeah, uh, can't question his move. No, no, you, that worked out well for him. And the, uh, it just gave him a lot of exposure. Had a, got, he got a lot of eyes on him. And I th- oh, I definitely. Think, I think he was pretty much the number one pick uh, ages ago. I don't think there was going to was going to be any question about it. Particularly with the team no. who the team who needed to pick a quarterback having having pick one. Um, yeah, that's right. Know, it was a fairly that. easy, straightforward decision are for him. Sh- are we sure about Matt Stafford though? Are we sure about him? Uh, for the next couple of years, I think they've really sure about decided him getting paid. Giving him. Well, yeah, we're, there's a lot of money allocated to him. We're sure about him getting paid. We're not sure about him being another productive uh, quarterback for the next couple of years. That's, that that's, uh, remains to be seen. Oh, I think he's a productive quarterback. It's just more the fact that um, the Lions have proved to be pretty ineffective when it comes to their um, building their list. So basically, it's the Lions being the Lions. Pretty much, yeah. Mm. Anyway, we'll move on to the next few picks in the top 10. So, um, the New York Giants, there was a bit of conjecture if teams were going to trade up there to um, sweep in on another quarterback, but they held on to their pick and they selected 
an offensive tackle from Georgia in Andrew Thomas. The Dolphins had pick five. They were one of the ones that were rumoured to going to be trading up to get in front of the other teams looking for a quarterback. But they took Tua Tagovailoa from Alabama. Um, he's probably the most um, the quarterback with the most upside, but he's also got a lot of queries um, after having shoulder injuries and he dislocated his hip last year as well. So yeah, it's pretty pretty major got, injury, the hip injury. Yeah, that's right. And the Dolphins yeah. are probably taking a bit of a punt there because with the COVID restrictions, they haven't been able to send their medical team out to him. So it's a bit of a gamble there, but the talent's unquestionable. And I liked I liked what the Dolphins did towards towards the back end of last year. If they can just continue with that momentum and and add to it, whether two will start straight away, I'm not sure. They might still go with Fitzpatrick, but I, it may not be too long before you see Tua starting. No, I don't think it will. But yeah, they've got no drama sticking with Fitzpatrick either because they won five of their last nine games there. Then um, pick six, Chargers swooped on Justin Herbert. Quarterback from Oregon. Pick seven, saw the Panthers take a defensive tackle from Auburn in Derek Brown. Pick eight, the Cardinals took Isaiah Simmons, linebacker from Clemson. Pick nine, the Jags took CJ Henderson, another cornerback from Florida. And the Browns with pick 10 took Jedrick Wills, an offensive tackle from Alabama that will provide a bit of protection for Baker Mayfield, um, who's got a lot of targets in the offense, but maybe not enough protection. So that will help with that. Well, that's all we need to hear there. Any, anyone, Tim, you want to explain uh, if anyone might have heard of Bell? Uh, yes, um, I did forget. Ago. Yes, thanks, Jeremy. I did forget in the um, intro to mention we're using the Bell system because my two colleagues can tend, can tend to get very enthralled in their conversations and we could what be... Do you say, what do you say? We go off on tangents? Just a little. <laughs> uh, it'll be my turn to be on tangents in another episode down the track. Yeah. But um, saying that, um, we're going to move on a bit. Now we've discussed a bit of an overview of the top 10. Let's talk about the interesting um, happenings at Tampa Bay. Over to you, Aaron. Um, yeah, well, I don't think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had a bad draft at all. They traded up to take um, an offensive tackle in Tristan Wirfs from Iowa. So he's going to offer plenty of protection there. Well, you, you, you're going to need that. You're going to need that because Tom Brady's not going to move around as much as uh, other quarterbacks, is he? No, that's right. He does his best work in the pocket. Um, so you need to provide the protection there. And being 42, 43 years of age come the end of the season, he's never been the most mobile anyway. So he's going to need as much protection from that offensive line as he can. Yeah, well, in, in New England, the... Uh, he, their modus operandi was pretty much throwing the, if you're going to throw the ball, throw it pretty quick. So, yeah, well, uh, that's right. But he had a few weapons yeah. there because he had um, Justin Edelman for a few years as well. And he's his best mate in Rob Gronkowski, who surprised pretty much everyone coming out of retirement and teaming up with Brady again. So that makes for a pretty potent offense if they can get it right because you're adding Gronkowski who um, him and Brady bailed the Patriots out plenty of times at third and longs that was their get out of jail card and um, so they've got a good understanding together and pretty effective 
Well, they're, 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 you mentioned third and long. They're both, uh, both well, how, uh, they're both 30 and long now. I mean, uh, Brady's like 42. But I don't think Gronk's not that old. He's at 31, 32, isn't he? Yeah, I think, yeah, he retired, I think, at 29. So he might only be 30 or 31. So, I mean, he surprised everyone when he pulled the pin. Um, but I think he, he offered up more surprises when he um, signed up again to play with the Bucks because most of the talk was that he was in talks with Vince McMahon in the WWE. So there was no... Well, he hosted WrestleMania. Well, that's right. That just added further fuel to the flame of him joining WWE and... Um, Added to the surprise of him signing with the Bucks, but he obviously wanted to team up with Brady there. But they've also got um, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans as wide they got receivers. Some weapons. They got some weapons. Yeah, here. that's right. So they've got weapons. Their defense wasn't too bad last year either, and I think they finished nine and seven last year and lost a couple of close games. So I mean, they now, they, now be... that they have a now they have a quarterback which may not throw thirty picks. Oh, yeah, that's right. James Winston was fun to watch. But, um, <laughs> I loved watching James. You were more chance of catching a ball if you're uh, um, on the defense of the opposition than you were one of his receivers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You, you, you just wonder, yeah, you get the names, but what version of these players are you getting on? Gentlemen, uh, what's... just a quick question for all us yeah. people out in the uh, listening world that um, aren't over the NFL. Is this going to be just a fairy tale with the reuniting of these two lads or can it actually work? And how will it work if it does? Well, they can both still play football. So we'll, we'll give it that. Whether Brady, uh, maybe, he didn't have as great a year last year, but maybe it was if that was down, was that actually down to him or was that the, the fact that he didn't really have any weapons at his disposal? That, that, that remains to be seen. But if he has got weapons, he can still throw the ball. So... Well, from I'll, some I'll, reports, I'll his heart wasn't in it. His heart wasn't in it at the Pats, anyway. If you listen to some reporters, they'll say that he decided pretty early into last season that he was going to look to move on. on. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's going to be hard to see it not working and not improving him. Um, their offensive line is probably going to be where we find out the most because they had Jameis Winston last year, and he obviously didn't need a lot of protection because he's actually pretty mobile. He likes to actually make things up on the fly. And when things go off script, his instincts are usually pretty good, but his accuracy can let him down. <laughs> that's a, that's an understatement. Uh, yeah. yeah, so maybe yeah, Bruce Arians, uh, some good offensive weapons. At least offensively, I think they'll be able to put points on the board. Yeah, they definitely will. And it's going to be a different structure too, because Winston like to usually go longer with his passes and that's where a lot of the interceptions happen because the passes may or may not have been there but Brady's more more interested in only getting the three or four yards on each play required to get to the oh, first he's, he's down made a living, the chains. Yeah, he's made a living just throwing it in the slot, didn't he? Yeah, that's right. And really? Winston seemed to want to get the first down off one play whereas Brady will um, pick his moments and just for those three, four-yard gains and move the chains. Um, yeah. Slowly, rather than in one go. Yeah, good point. Okay, what? Um, Who did the Cowboys draft, by the way, Tim? Well, CD Lamb, and I believe, guys, this is something for you to ponder. Was it a mind game that was successful over the Eagles? Were the Eagles really interested? What are you? What are your thoughts on the CD Lamb 
drafting by the Cowboys. Do you want to take uh, this one first, Jez, or do you want yeah, me to? Yeah, you take it. You, you take it. Yeah. Well, it it was a bit of a surprise because the Cowboys have a pretty stacked offense anyway. Um, they got Ezekiel Elliott there at running back. They got Amari Cooper as a receiver, and their issue wasn't in the offense last season. They struggled on defense, so they would, had plenty of time with the ball and moved the ball upfield enough, but it was on the defensive end that they really struggled. So I would have thought they would have taken a defender, maybe a cornerback, with their first pick at 17, but I think they may have tried to get one over the Eagles because there was a bit of talk in the last week or two before the draft that the Eagles, who everyone knows desperately needed a receiver, um, but the word was that they were really keen on C.D. Lamb, so it might have just been a, um ego play from old mate Jerry to get one over the Eagles. But no, we wouldn't. We would not. We would not put put that past Jerry at all, would we? Not at all, because when they read yeah. out Lamb's name, he had a big smug grin on his face. So, I mean, he's obviously happy with Lamb because we all know he can play. Because um, he put up. 1,327 yards last year for Oklahoma. So he can can make a catch. He can run. He's tall. He's strong in the air. Um, but I just don't know if the Cowboys really needed to take him there. They could have been better off with a cornerback or someone did, to help their yeah, secondary. Needed some help for the secondary, I thought. Well, I thought that was their biggest hole, but I do think, given the fact that um, the Eagles needed a receiver and obviously being massive division rivals, trying to get one over the Eagles played a factor in the pick. Yeah, where do you see the? Where do you, who do you think? Who do you think the, the Cowboys' starting quarterback will be the week one? Right wow, now, if you said it? it right now. Well, Dak Prescott's not even signed right now, so. Yeah. He's holding out for a big contract, but he, he wants a contract that's going to make him the highest paid quarterback in the league. But I don't know you can justify giving someone who's probably the 13th or 14th best quarterback the most money. But yeah, I, don't, I, mean, I, I don't think he's a superstar. He's good. He's good. But as yeah. I said, there's probably 10 blokes better than him. Yeah, he's good. He's, he, he's uh, better than average without being exceptional. Oh, exactly right. And they've just brought in they've just brought in Andy Dalton as a free agent. And I mean I rate Dalton I rate Dalton as a quarterback, but the problem with him is he's been at the Bengals. So I mean, if you can put up stats like Dalton has at a team like the Bengals, I mean you you chuck him in this side with the receiving talent the Cowboys now have. And he could he could look like a superstar. But I don't think Prescott has got that X factor either. So it'd be interesting to to see what sort of deal that they they throw at him and what he signs for. He's not well, gonna signing, go anywhere uh, else. Signing Dalton is a no lose no lose deal for the uh, for the Cowboys. If uh, Dak ends up playing then they've got a pretty solid backup. If, oh uh, that's if, right, but if Dak goes down. That's right. If he goes down so there's no chance that Dalton's the starting quarterback, given yeah, the amount of money signed. that they're going to invest. They're going to invest 
big money in Dak. It just depends on how much. But as you said, if he if he goes down with an injury, I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to find a better backup quarterback in the league than Andy Dalton. Well, can you name their backup last year? Not off the top of my head, no. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's a it's a it's a it's a major step up. Yeah, that's right. Step so they've, they've, yeah. sh- they've definitely shored up their their backup quarterback spot if they need it, and they've shored up their offense. But yeah, the real question mark was: Did they really need to take Lamb where they did? And you were um, saying the you were saying the so Eagles, many, uh, you were saying the Eagles needed to draft a receiver. Uh, that's what they ended up doing, did it not? Did they not, Tim? Well, yes, they did. Um, Philadelphia drafted Rigor. Now, um, what do you guys know about that? Um, know much about the young lad? I certainly don't, as I've told you. I know everyone. he's got. I know he's got speed. So they use a measurement at the um, NFL Draft Combine. They they read a lot into the times for the forty yard dash. So the Eagles needed a lot of speed. Um, and they did that with a lot of their later picks as well. They pick up some really speedy wide receivers. You know, Jalen Regor, he ran a 4.4 second 40-yard dash at the combine, but he's also been clocked in-game running a 4.2, which is just ridiculous. Yeah, he's, he's a jet. And you would say neither neither C.D. Lamb or Regor are going to go up and catch a contested ball, are they really? Uh, Lamb's more likely to because he's got the height about him. Yeah, and he's actually yeah, even, pretty strong in the air, but it's not not really not what forte. you'd want to be throwing just up by, to him too often. Just by watching just by watching Lamb run, he has a more propensity to maybe break some tackles and get through, whereas um, yeah. Rigor, Rigor will just slice through and outrun people. Yeah, that's right. He's got that breakaway pace. So the Eagles struggled last year with being a deep ball threat. Uh, mostly because a lot of their wide receivers were injured. But, um, yeah, as a as a deep ball threat now, with some of the speed that they've brought in through the draft, Rigor and Deshaun Jackson coming back, um, it gives a fair indication that they're going to be looking to use that long ball to, to get up the field. Yeah. I, I actually look at them as very similar players. I don't think you could have gone wrong with drafting either of them. Well, a lot of people look at um, a look at Rigor's stats and compare them to CD Lamb's. So you look at last year, for example, um, Rigor had forty three receptions and only six hundred and eleven receiving yards, whereas off sixty two receptions, um, Lamb had thirteen hundred and twenty seven yards. But you've got to look at um, where they were playing as well, because CD Lamb was at Oklahoma, catching the ball, um, off, catching the ball off uh, Jalen Hurts, who we're going to be talking about later. Jalen Hurts, he'll get a mention later on. Um, so there's a quality quarterback there, and Rigor's quarterback, I don't know his name, and we're never going to need to remember it. Um, he played out at TS, uh, TCU, um, and out of 118. Eligible college quarterbacks. Um, the TCU quarterback rated 111th. Okay. Um, just just on those two lads, 
Uh, I, I read somewhere where um, the Eagles were actually looking at Jefferson. Um, did they make the right choice, forgetting about Jefferson and jumping on Regal? Well, that's Jefferson, the thing, cause... Yeah, Jefferson's more likely out of the three of them to go up and grab a contested ball. Well, he's, he's a bit bigger. Yeah, he bigger. is, but he plays he plays probably a bit more similarly to Lamb than he does Rigor. Yeah. So the Vikings had the pick after the where the Eagles took Rigor and they swooped on Jefferson. Um but I'd say Jefferson and C D Lamb could be read as a little bit of a similar sort of player. So the fact that the Cowboys took Lamb and then the Eagles had Jefferson available, but took Regor, who's a completely different player, suggests to me that maybe the Eagles weren't that interested in Lamb or Jefferson, which is the talk coming out from the States, from the media. So maybe maybe they leaked some information that they were interested in Lamb um, and Jefferson, which may have forced the Cowboys' hand, which freed them up to take Rigor. And these sort of mind games and leaking information isn't exactly unheard of over there. Particularly within divisions. Yeah. No, yeah that's um, right. Yeah. But a lot of teams the... won't a lot of teams won't draft so much as taking the best talent available at the time. A lot of them will look at what they need versus what their division rivals need. So if if they have a division rival that's after a similar type player they might sweep on them a little bit earlier than they would have planned. Yeah, that's where the NFL draft differs in a lot of drafts. So it's very, very needs-based because you're basically drafting a specialist. That's what you're doing. Oh, um, that's right. And as far as yeah. the division stuff goes, I mean, you you make the playoffs by winning your division. So if you can outdraft and build a better squad than your division rivals, then you're in a good spot to actually make the playoffs with the way that their system runs. Yeah, oh, that's, how, that's how the teams look at it. That's um, been such a insightful discussion so far. I think it's about time we take a short break and come back and continue our discussion of the NFL Draft 2020. Welcome back, everyone, from our uh, brief break. We're now moving along in our discussion of the NFL draft. I'll throw over to Aaron to start the ball rolling about how Green Bay win in the draft. Over to you, Aaron. Well, they they baffled quite a few people, actually, with their first pick. They traded Uh, up. There's one person they baffled. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) Yeah, their own quarterback. But we'll get to that. Um, yeah, we will. It was very weird because they traded up from pick 30 to pick 26 to sweep in and take Jordan Love as a quarterback, which was a surprise in itself because they probably needed a receiver more than they needed a quarterback given they got Aaron Rodgers. Um, but the teams they jumped in front of weren't even after a quarterback. So that was the first surprise. And then they just confused everyone even more when they took Jordan Love, who, don't get me wrong, um, I think will be a very high-quality NFL quarterback. But I don't know that, given the way that NFL teams operate, that it was probably the best move, Jez. Well, yeah, what, 
it depends on it depends on how you think of what you what you maybe put yourselves in the thoughts of the uh, Green Bay GMs and think, okay, Aaron Rodgers is coming towards the back end, back nine, back at nine of his career. Uh, we did they did a similar thing with Rodgers and Favre. Well, that's how wanted... Rodgers got the gig, wasn't it? They yeah. they sort of brought him in to learn under Favre, and now they've done the same here. So. Rogers probably shouldn't be too surprised himself, given that um, they did the same thing with him. Yeah, well, that's how he came in. Yeah, yeah, it is. And uh, the same organisation did it. So, uh, also, uh, they may be a little bit over Aaron's attitude, possibly. Yeah, well, apparently he's pretty hard to get along with, isn't he? So, um, and it might be a um, statement from Matt LaFleur, who's the second year coach there, who's just making Aaron Rodgers very aware of who calls the shots and well, whose team is. it is. He is. And you, you could possibly understand it if they just come off, uh, say, just missing the playoffs or like a 10-win season or something like that. But they were 13-3. That's right. They went 13-3. and three, So you wouldn't have thought that they've got a lot of issues there at quarterback. Yeah. And they played the, and they played the conference championship game. So... They, they weren't that far away. Granted, they lost that championship game pretty comfortably. Yeah, that's right. And I don't know that they're your really classic 13-3 and three team. I mean, I don't think they yeah. played a lot of high-level talent. I think I heard um, just last week that they only beat one team that made the playoffs last year, I think. They beat the Chiefs, but that was without Mahomes. And all their other wins came from non-playoff teams. I don't know if that's correct, but I, they didn't inspire me during the season anyway. So it wouldn't surprise me if that's correct because they, they, they got, got to the championship game. But well, they did. They got, they got a home, championship, uh, home division. They got a home field. divisional round game, and they ended up ended up winning that game at home, um, and uh, ended up in the in the uh, in the NFC Championship game, which they pretty much got exposed that day. Oh, they did, but they also, yeah. if you total up their their total yards gained versus their oppositions, they were actually outgained on aggregate for the whole year and still finished thirteen and three, and still made the NFC Championship game, which probably tells you that Aaron Rodgers is still a very, very high caliber quarterback. Yeah, which uh, which makes the decision even more baffling, because. I think for years, Rogers has been crying out for them to pick receivers. And this draft has been plentiful with receivers, well, hasn't got, it? De- they've got Devontae Adams there, but they've got nothing else really, do they? Yeah. I yeah think of, all the, of all the wide receivers taken in the first round, yeah. surely they, could, they yeah. could have taken one. I think, guys, you've oh. really, you really hit the nail on the head earlier because I believe um, you know, 90% of coaching at that level is managing egos. So I think you might be right on uh, your little uh, theory earlier on. You think, you think he might be, they might be checking his attitude? Correct. Well, well he, just on uh, that topic too, um, you look at um, Manchester United in their heyday. They won all these titles and had all these star players come through. But no one had a bigger ego than Mr. Ferguson, did they? No, that's right. And if you even look at um, American sports, when you look at Phil Jackson, uh, he has similarities to, say, a um, Sir Alex, where they're just great guys at managing egos. And that's why they're successful. 
because it's yeah, yeah that's right. Season. You definitely need to keep you need to keep the locker room in check for sure. Yeah, that's yeah, that that's why that would. But Matt Lafleur, um, yeah, last year was just a feeling out year for him and Rogers, and maybe maybe Lafleur saw something last year that thought maybe uh, things if things don't go well between me and the quarterback, we may be able to move him on. Well, the problem is there. Rogers is thirty six years old now, and for each of the next two years, they owe him over thirty million dollars as far as the salary cap's concerned in each season yeah. and then in year three they owe him 17 million but even if things go pear-shaped no team's really going to be interested in taking on his contract until the third year really are they well, the but then you're getting last... a 39 year old Aaron Rodgers yeah. and, and only last year was he somewhat durable I mean the years prior um, he has been hurt quite a lot but again, like we said before, they, they got out game, but still went 13-3. and three. So he's making the most of the, the opportunities that he's given. But given their lack of yards gained, you would have thought a receiver would have been high on the agenda here. But they went with, with who will likely be his successor, which is the way that um, the Packers do things with their quarterback, obviously. But it goes against the grain of the the rest of the competition who like to just bring in a quarterback in the first round who could start from day one. Mm. Well, just before we move on to the next um, topic, I don't think uh, the Green Bay Packers want to be sitting a guy on such money on his bum on the pine. So who knows what they're thinking? Um, They're definitely locked in with him. Yeah, that's for sure. So moving on, um, Dallas Cowboys um, did a bit more drafting. Trevon Diggs, what do you got uh, to tell us about that, boys? Well, they well they got a they got a position of need, that's for sure. That's right. They've, they've picked their cornerback at um, probably at their second pick when they probably should have done it at their first pick. But they've got a high level talent. I think he's a little bit raw still, Trevon Diggs. But geez, there's a lot to like about him as well. He's got uh, he's, he's he's got got a bit of nous and a bit of speed as well. So he might be able to. Um... Might be able to hold. He'll certainly hold down that hold down that spot there. I don't think there'll be many competing for him. Oh, not at all. Their secondary was horrible. Their secondary was horrible last year, so he um, gives them a little bit more confidence when they don't have the ball there. But he's going to be a ready-made player. He'll he'll slot in from day one. Uh, but yeah, just be interesting to see how he adapts to the NFL stage because he um, he's been a bit versatile during his college career and his high school career. He started as a receiver. He did a bit of punt returning as well um, when he was at Alabama. And it's really only been the last 18 months that he's um, solidified a spot as a corner. But he he's come from good stocks, obviously, as well. So he's not going to be a complete stranger to the NFL, how it works and what's required to make it happen. Yeah, for sure. Uh, like the the, uh, the Cowboys, are, I think they're going to be looking to outscore people. I suppose you're going to see them. That's right. You score. Would have put up thirty score five. Points. We'll score thirty eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that, that's how that's how they're going to oper- they're going to try and operate this season. Do you I was going to say, do you lads think they're capable of doing that though? Like saying, "I'll let you score thirty five, but we're going to score 36? Oh, uh, it's with, not a with the, with the weapons a, they have. Yeah. It's not a query of um, 
if, if I don't think they've definitely got the weapons. So they've got Mari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott, who can be one of the best running backs in the game. And then they bring in CD Lamb, who was highly rated. So their offense is really going to be stacked, I think. They'll, yeah, that's, that's they'll sign Dak Prescott. Yeah. But it's, it, it, um, they've still got, a, still got a pretty good offensive line. And that wasn't their issue last year. We know that their offense was really good last year and they've obviously bolstered that. So their secondary was their big issue. I think their defensive line is actually not as bad as some people think. It's definitely got, not their linebackers. Not call, yeah. yeah, that's right. It's not it's not what you'd um consider a top ten defense, but with their offense, I think it's a good enough defense if they get everything right. Yeah, yeah, anyway, I'm sick of talking to the Cowboys. We've talked about oh. them twice already. Cow- Cowboys that, that, is more Cowboys than enough time for the Cowboys. I would have yeah, thought the Cowboys is a lovely uh, subject and we could keep going. But, uh... oh, we, well, no, we can move on to a, <laughs> uh, to a team that's uh, very close to Aaron's heart. I oh. much more enjoy talking about them, yeah. So we're going to move Mosey on down and talk about Philadelphia and mm. um, young Jalen Hurts. Throw away, Aaron. Go for it. Well, again, they've done a little bit of um, what the Green Bay Packers did in the first round and thrown a spanner in the works by picking a quarterback when you wouldn't have thought that it was on the cards. We've got Carson Wentz, obviously, who was a bit divisive, to be honest, even amongst Eagles fans. But I still think he's probably a top five quarterback in the league. But... He's had issues with finishing seasons. He's had a couple of injuries the last couple of years where he's missed the back end of the season and some playoff games. So maybe they're just looking to shore that up a bit by having someone who can maybe come in and play two or three games when required. Now, you know you know why I reckon they got uh, Jalen Hurts? They got him to use him. In what sense? Well, I don't see why they couldn't play both him and Carson Wentz behind the ball. Similar could, to they, what the Saints are doing with Taysom Hill, you yeah. mean? I, well, they could just about use Hurts as a running back. He's got that versatility. Well, that's right. Hill, Hill lines up sometimes as a receiver, a wide receiver or a tight end. I mean, Hurts probably doesn't have the size to play tight end, but no reason he probably... He's got the versatility and the agility to play a bit of wide receiver and, as you said, running back. So... Yeah. Maybe it's maybe it's a three-for-one sort of deal. Yeah, and the, you could see him both lining up behind the ball and maybe them switching and the ball going to Hurts. And then him and then he, he, him getting a lot of attention because the team's thinking he's going to run on them. But he's still got that ability to throw it over their heads and throw it for a pass. Well, especially so, when you look at the um, pace that the Eagles have brought in as well, I suppose. And you know, And you know their coach... He's a bit of an innovator, isn't he? So um, he doesn't mind a trick play, does he? No, not not at all. So just just don't be surprised if they use Hurts quite a bit. Um, and, and, well, the and Eagles using... the Eagles struggled for a running back. They had Miles Sanders, who showed a bit last year, but I mean he was a first year player. Can he back that up coming into his second year? And maybe maybe Hurts is another option they can use in the in the backfield there. Has Deshaun Jackson, has he still got some good football left in him or not? I, I thought he might have when he came back to the Eagles. But 
then he had another injury. Um, and 32-year-olds with soft tissue injuries probably aren't the most reliable blokes. Are they going to want to? They're going to want to play him and Ragor together, or is Ragor basically your replacement for for Jackson? I think Ragor will be a bit of a. I think Ragor will be a bit of a replacement, to be honest, because um, yeah, he's got he's got that speed about him. Obviously, Deshaun Jackson's question marks over. Can he sustain it? Given, as I said, he's had soft tissue injuries. He's getting on a bit, and speed was a big factor in what made him so good. Um, he's played as a punt returner or a kick returner before. And I don't know if you remember the Eagles and Giants game from a few years back, Jez, where the Eagles were down by 21 with eight minutes to go and um, ended up winning it as time expired after they scored a, um, scored from a kickoff return from Deshaun Jackson. So maybe, yeah, they're, looking, maybe they're looking to add that durability and versatility to the side with a similar type player. Yeah, so I, I, I'm sure he's going to be a backup quarterback, but I don't think he's going to just sit on the pine the entire time. I think, um, I think the coach is going to get, going to use him a little bit. There, there's options there for sure. So yeah. it'd just be interesting. Um, there's a lot of Eagles fans that think that Hertz has been brought in as a replacement for Wentz, but. Much like with Aaron Rodgers, the Eagles have signed up Wentz to a big deal on big money. So he's not going to be sitting down for a first-year quarterback, I wouldn't have thought. It may be similar to Green Bay. They sort of Obviously, Philadelphia looked at Jalen Hurst and just looked at him as the, as the football player and like what they yeah, saw. Yeah, that's right. And maybe they can groom him a bit and um, get him to to cover when, when Wentz is hurt. But, I mean, it's just a bit different from the AFL psyche where teams seem to bring in players, groom them and have have that succession plan where where the, the former player moulds the new player to take his position, which is really against the grain of the way NFL do things. Interesting. Because well, the, NFL, the NFL is so cutthroat. Basically, yeah, that's right. players are competing against other in, in, in camps to pretty much put food on the table. So um, it's it's very much focused on on the, on the individual getting their own. Yeah, there's a there's a lot more the at stake, and it's a lot more ego driven, and it's a lot more about the individual than team needs as such, especially um, when players are battling for positions. Interesting, guys. Um, I'm a bit over the Eagles. So as we move on, um, <laughs> yeah, a bit of payback. Um, an interesting one in the second round of the draft was the Colts' efforts. Um, what can you tell me about that, guys? Well, they picked up a oh, they picked up a couple of offensive players in the first uh, first couple of rounds of the draft, didn't they? Aaron? Um, yeah, they did. They did really well, I think. To be honest, um, if we're talking about teams that won and lost the draft. Um, I would say the Colts are definitely up at the pointy end. They traded their first round pick to the 49ers um, to bring they got in... They DeForest Buckner. DeForest Buckner, who you'll be familiar with, no doubt, Jez. Indeed. Indeed. Um, Actually, so, uh, 
they've just done a, really just well as to bring a, him just in. As an aside, uh, Buckner was asking for a fair bit of cash, uh, which I don't think San Francisco had to give him. So they had to trade him, and they ended up with the with the pick they traded him for. They ended up getting another defensive lineman. So they basically basically replaced Buckner at the 49ers with the with a younger type that they would, don't have to pay as much. So very very yeah, very they, shrewd very shrewd move by John Lynch there. Yeah, they did. They got um, Kinlaw in, who they yep, were eyeing Kinlaw. off a long time ago. So I mean, they'll see that as a win because obviously they're getting a a player that can fill the same position that they gave up with the Buckner trade, but. He's younger and costs a lot less. So yeah, he's, he's younger and cheaper. That's a yeah. win. And so they'll be really so happy with that. Yeah, yeah so, and the 49ers defensive line is going to be problematic again. So. Oh, I think well, we, know, we, know that, we know they're sold. I don't think they really have superstars anywhere. They just have a lot of guys that know exactly what their role is and they do their job week in, week out. Yeah, they know, they know what they are. Yeah. They know, what their, right, ident- they know what their identity is. Yeah. Anyway, on to the Colts. Back to the Colts. So, as we know, they brought in Philip Rivers to take over the QB spot there, um, which was know, a good it was move. Whenever, whenever I watched Philip Rivers, he tended to throw picks every like five minutes. I rate him, but um, he's only going to be there for the short term. Yeah, he's not um, the long term. No, that's right. But they, the Colts, have um, planned for that because they picked up. Um, Jacob Eason in the fourth round, I think it was. Where 100, 122nd thought, pick or something? Yeah, I think something like that. So that that's a bargain, I think, because um, even 12, 18 months ago, Eason was um, very highly regarded and um, probably talked about as a first-round talent. But given that what we've touched on before is they, the teams tend to draft more on a needs basis rather than a best player available basis. It allowed Eason to slip down so low. So they've got Rivers in for the short term. Who will, They've signed him on a one-year deal, but I reckon they'll probably extend that again. Does, uh, has Jacoby Brissett found a team or is he still a free agent? Um, I'm unsure, but I don't think there's going to be a big market for him. I wouldn't have thought um, so. so not, only, not only have the Colts short up their defensive line. They bring in Rivers and then in the second round, they manage to pick up a couple of pretty handy offensive talents. So they got Michael Pittman with pick 34. So he's another wide receiver in a very heavy wide receiver draft. He's out of USC. And they also bring in um, a running back from Wisconsin, Jonathan Taylor. So They'll be pretty happy with both of those, um, especially especially Taylor because he ran for um, over a thousand yards last year. Um, I think in his last college year, but he also ran. Um, yeah, he's a dual threat. He, he can catch the ball and he can also work um, as a running back. So he's he's a dual threat there, really. So. He, he they also they catch. also picked up a they also picked up a running back as well and that, with that offensive line which is still very very good. Um, I think it's one of the better offensive yeah. lines. Yeah, I think the Col- the Colts Colts are they're going to be fighting to win that division. I think. Oh, absolutely! They're going to be right in the mix 
um, come the pointy end of the season. So that's why I think they'll they'll be counted as the big winners out of this draft. So yeah, fair enough. They trade away their their first round pick, but. They make up for it with their second round selections. I think they've pretty much nailed that. That couldn't have worked out any better for them. And I mean, and Houston, Houston have got Bill O'Brien holding them back, so they could they could very well drop down. Yeah, there's definitely that division's there for the taking if someone wants to step up. And I think the Colts are are best positioned to do that. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're they're right in the driver's seat. Well, interesting. Yeah. Um, the old Colts, uh, moving forward and getting to the pointy end of this podcast. Uh, I'd just like to mention and give a bit of an honourable mention to Aaron Sipos, who um, is the ex and killed a footballer, 27-year-old. Had a lot of potential at AFL level, um, but was pretty much grounded by shoulder uh, issues. I think he may have even had a couple of reconstructions. He missed the draft, didn't get picked, but he was signed by the Detroit Lions as an undrafted free agent. So hopefully young Aaron can find himself a bit of a career there and get an opportunity. Just another guys? Australian. Yeah, another Australian. We tend to get a lot of punters in the um, NFL, don't we, boys? But he's had a pretty good journey, though. He's uh, you know, played professionally for St Kilda for a few years. and Correct. Went out of the States. Actually, a college student at uh, age the ripe <laughs> age of, what, 28 or something? 27, I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so still still young enough to make a big impact. Um, but you obviously don't need to be too young to be a punter, but he's definitely got um, a lot of upside. And the other and thing I, about, I was going to say, the other thing about him was he did, um, he was renowned in the AFL for being quite a sizable kick. So, I mean, that sort of, as we know with past players like Darren Bennett and, got, and Ben Graham, guys like that, guys that can actually roost the board AFL level. Yeah, yeah Sav Rocker. They can actually make it in the NFL as a punter, so hopefully he has a bit of luck. But yeah, yeah, I don't see why. I don't see why we're we're generally pretty good at the pretty good at that punting thing. And that, that, I don't think pl- teams aren't really willing to waste a draft pick on a punter unless he's exceptional. Yeah, and um, I so think... that's why I wasn't wasn't concerned when uh, when he missed out in the draft because they tend to just pick up punters off the scrap heap. I think yeah, punters before... and kickers aren't really someone you're going to yeah. use a high pick on anyway. No. And look, I think he's done his um, hard yards over here in um, whoever the fella is, I think um, Melbourne-based or Sydney-based that actually runs like training for people to try and go over and make it in the NFL. I, I can't. I read yeah, it somewhere. But... I, I can't recall his name off the top of my head. No, neither can I. But yeah, based out of Melbourne and they pretty much just... Um, prepare punting talent for the US colleges and for the NFL teams. And, that's and they've pre- got a pretty good success rate. Yeah, and that's pretty much where Aaron came out of anyway, was from that uh, school of uh, punting. All right, so uh, we've got to the end of the um, show for this week, uh, or this month, however it be, or three weeks, however we decide, guys. Um, so, Aaron, can you just let the listeners know how they can contact us via social media and email? Um, yep, so we can you can get in touch with us via email, which will be npopodcast at gmail.com. So you can flick us through some ideas there or tell us what you like and what you don't like. But the preferred method to get in touch with us will be via Twitter, which is at npopodcast. So we'll be putting out a lot of our stuff through there. Um, we'll also be using the hashtag 
NPO Sports. So if you can get involved with that and give us a bit of exposure, that'd be appreciated. Awesome. So um, between now and our next pod, we might put out a little bit of a, an ad saying what subject we're going to talk about in the coming weeks. In the meantime, uh, it's farewell from myself, Tim, and it's farewell from Aaron, and it's farewell from Jeremy. Catch you later, guys. Take care. Thanks, guys.